Buckle up. Welcome to Musicians and Beyond with Serabian and Lahorn. Or Lahorn and Serabian. Or Lahorn and Serabian, if you go alphabetical order. Where we bring you the backstage info on the life, lyrics, and long journeys of the music industry. Mark, your comedy is uh, in full force again. I can tell you're a little punchy. It's It's been a long week again. No sleep, not a lot of sleep with the kids doing all their things. So I'm... Uh, I'm running a little bit of uh, burning the candle on both ends. Okay. Yeah. There's no tequila involved, is there, today? Not today. Last not, night, yes. Not today. Okay. I understand. I understand. Um, last week's episode with our 18-year-old music prodigy, Lauren Mahoney. That girl is absolutely incredible. Spectacular. Um, a great gift. Um, beautiful personality. Sweet kid. She's going to go a long way with her talent, that's for sure. Yeah, and she's very knowledgeable about the ins and outs of music itself, which really, I, I learned a lot just listening to yeah, her. I, I think that's one of the things, other than her sound or her voice that she brings to the table, is her knowledge of, she didn't hesitate to say, okay, if you don't know what that means, and she explained it, because she was very technical, and uh, I think she put it in a, a way a lot of people can understand and pre, you know appreciate. Yeah, I can't wait to see her journey. I think she's really going to go far, and... Uh, you know, we wish her the best of luck. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we get a full house here today at Musicians and Beyond, Mark. Looking around, I mean, I've never really been starstruck before. You know, imagine having Mick Jagger in your studio. I, well, I, ladies and gentlemen, we don't. But we have the <laughs> next best thing. We have a couple members of 19th Nervous Breakdown. It is a cover band for the Rolling Stones. And not only are they just a cover band, they are... Awesome. So you got to go check them out. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Very nice. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for coming in. I, you guys both took a ride in. Uh, you're touring all over. I noticed you've been down in Rhode Island a lot. What brings you down to Rhode Island when you're out on the road? Uh, three of the members are actually from there Rhode we go. Island. It's selfish of them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Woonsocket, East Providence, and North Providence. So, John... Um, we, two of the members are here. How many members in the band? Well, there's five of us at yeah. least, yeah. and we often uh, are joined with a, a saxophone player. Excellent. Who was <clears throat> had the benefit of playing with one of the best and original Rolling Stones tribute bands who's still around called the Blushing Brides. Excellent. And his name is Martin, um, Marty Phillips, and he plays a hot sax when he's with us. Uh, and unfortunately, couldn't be here today, but... Uh, when you come and see us, hopefully he'll be what We look forward to that. So yeah. sitting across from us, we have Sal and Nettie from the 19th Nervous Breakdown Band. If people just look up 19th Nervous Breakdown Rolling Stones cover band, they'll probably get to. Yeah, it sends you the Facebook page. YouTube is uh, very, very well um, maintained. A lot of videos up there. Great sound. So get over there and check the band out. If, you, if you're getting ready to go see a show, check them out. Watch them on YouTube. It will make you want to go buy tickets and see them. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Why did you guys pick a Rolling Stones tribute band as opposed to a Bruce Springsteen tribute band? Well, um, the bass player and I have been playing together for the last 13 years, and we had a um, classic rock band called Transmission, and uh, we played a lot of shows to the bartender and the waitress, and uh, so we decided to start a tribute act but um, almost every show, someone would come up and tell me I looked like Mick Jagger. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, a running joke. So we, we either were going to do the Rolling Stones or Helen Reddy. 
but we went with the Rolling Stones. Okay. Because that looked more like Mick Jagger than Helen Reddy. Um, For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, um, he was so too ugly it. to be Helen Reddy. As and well. we were <laughs> going to do a Tom Petty <laughs> tribute act. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Cracking ourselves up. I had to crack. do it. I had to do it. Uh, but there was like five or six other uh, Tom Petty tributes going at the time, so we went with the Rolling Stones. So. I think it's. I think it's a great choice. Yeah. When you guys are out and about, you you pair up with other tribute bands of oh, other, yeah. Oh, yeah. which we, is kind of a cool thing to see. We actually have another band. We have a Cleveland's Clearwater Revival band that Fun. Sal and I are in. Yeah. With a female-fronted lead singer. And that's um, called Kelly and the Poor Boys. Yep. Kelly and the Poor Boys. Yep. That's a quick punch for them, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Why not? Why not? Give it all the punch you can. Yeah, well, we yeah. have met other bands, and we've actually played with other bands, and uh, a couple of really good other bands. So we just did a, a thing with the American Who. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. seen right, them. Yeah. And we will be playing with the American Who again in Norwood in about... Yeah, May 6th. May 6th. There you go. Um... We actually, down in, in the Providence area, we played with uh, a, a Bowie band, Bowie tribute band, which are really, really, Rebel, really Rebel, good. Yeah. They're called Rebel Rebel. So we've, and as we said before the show, we were talking about how we, we were going to be going up to Canada. There's a, a, a Bruce Springsteen band called, what, The Last Dukes or The Last Something of Duke Streets, whatever. I'm sorry that I don't get the name on the top of my head. But we did the sound for them. One night while they were down here, they came down like in the middle of winter. We said, no, no, you got to come down here in the summer. And there's nobody down here in winter. Uh, but they're Canadians, what the hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but they were great, and they invited us up. So we're going up there. So Going um, to Canada. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. Eh? Is it? <laughs> eh? Is that the first time out of country? Yes. The yeah, I will be as for the band. Yeah. 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 And you guys have been together, what, about five or six years now? Five years, yeah. 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 That's fun. And what about COVID? What happened during then? Did oh. we, actually, we actually played quite a bit during COVID um, compared to most bands. Um, we played in a, in a lot of domes where there was <laughs> plexiglass all around us. Yeah. It was kind of And you had strange, to be like six feet away from each other. Had mark, you know, just like in lines. But, you yeah. know, we played probably 25, 30 times in yeah. 2000, right? Yeah. Wow. Which was yeah. more than most people yeah. The, the only yeah. bad thing about that was we were sort of like, like all bands, you kind of peak, you start peaking and you get better and better and better. We had reached a point where we were like, I think, got a, we had like, we were on a nice roll, you know, like every night sounded great and everything was going well. And then I remember looking at Jason, who's our bass player, Jason Carpentier, and I said, you know, I don't think we're going to be playing in a month. And he goes, no, 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 we're playing. And I think it was like a week later, that was it. Everything shut down. As things opened up, is where Eddie's story takes place. When we got a lot of gigs, but you know, we were shielded and weird. Yeah. And people, you know what's bad? People sitting there, you know, and, it's, and you know they all want to dance. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all fidgeting, they're like shaking in their seats, and eventually a few get up and start dancing. And so it was kind of weird to, to do it. During the, that time, did you end up doing any Zoom appearances? Did you get into that? No, we didn't do that. It's funny. No, no we didn't no, do it. No, no. Not really. It's like everybody no. was doing it. Right? Everybody yeah, was right. doing it, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were lucky. We uh, we were playing the probably twice a month anyway. Yeah, yeah. good for you. Uh, Once more, it yeah. started to open up again, we were lucky. Yeah. We didn't make as good money because the clubs weren't making right. as good money. No, but we said, so what? You know, we'd rather play than sit around and do nothing. Sure. You know? exactly. good, good for you, good for the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it worked out. Now, have either of you guys ever met the Rolling Stones or any of the members? Uh, I have not. No, no, no. No, I have yet to see them perform. Sal has when he was a youngster. I saw them. I've only seen them twice, strangely enough. The last time I saw them was when the last time they played, not the last time. Gillette, they played, yeah. yeah. But the last time they played at Foxborough, I think, mm-hmm. second to last time. This is when Charlie was still around. So, uh, and it was kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, when you when you go see a band like the Rolling Stones, you hate yeah. to see them when they look like they're that big, you know? And like an inch and a half, from, you know, because you get this. And even though the screens are up. It's just not the same. It's just not the yeah. same. Now, let's go back 50 plus years to when I was like 15 or 16. And I got, I was one of the lucky kids who went to see them at the Boston Garden oh, for a whopping $8. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice again? It wasn't full. The back of it was shut off. And it was the original band. So wow. I get to see Brian Jones. Wow. So and, and the big song was It's All Over Now or Tell Me. That was it. And, and it, everything was blues. Everything was everything from those early albums that were when we start talking yeah. about that that they were playing. So it was all like Chuck Berry, BB King stuff and you know and Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and they have quite a few albums and you were telling me something earlier that was pretty interesting to me about the album covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at some research that we had to do for this, there was there was an article that, that covered this a bit, and, and, and they explained their album covers as almost sort of a, a view of their careers, where they were in their career. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, for instance, their first four or five album covers, I don't know if anybody can visually see them in their heads here, but they're all just pictures of them staring aimlessly, blandly, angrily, you know, and they look scary. They're not like the Beatles who are phonogenic and cutesy and smiling and going, you know, waving at you and all that junk. Um, it's all very, you know, and um, it's intentional. Right. And the other thing is they didn't want to have, and particularly in England, they didn't want to have any anything on the covers except their pictures. No names, no titles, no nothing. Yeah, they had, the first album was not titled at yeah. all. In England. In England, yeah. In America, what Decca did is they were able to, because Decca was the company that picked up the Stones. People don't realize that the Beatles went to Decca, and Decca said, "Nah." So, yeah, guitar. They, they wanted guitar the Stones band back. On the way out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the famous quote. We can't say what they would yeah. do to get the Stones, but anyway. Yeah. So, <clears throat> their manager Andrew Lugodham, who used to work for Epstein. Uh, Brian Epstein, who was the banners manager, he, he had them hostage. He says, no, we don't want anything on the covers. I'm not giving you the, you know, the right to go. So when the cover came to America, they put on the cover. And they didn't put even their names on it. It just said, England's newest hit makers. And, you know, just the same cover, but just that. Just that. America. And that all starts to change as we get into the next few albums. But it's still the face you know, and I think there was a photographer named Bailey who did a lot of the early stuff. His last name was Bailey. And it was all kind of the same, you know. And, and when you think about the bands in those days, that, that's how they photographed album covers. And, was, you know, everybody, you know, looking at them all kind of stupid. And uh, there was no themes. There was nothing. Just them, you know. Yeah. 
And uh, so that went on for about five albums or so. And people, if you followed album covers, particularly British bands early on, just like the Beatles, uh, there were different runs of albums, they don't, they're not, they don't, they're not the same. Put it that way. First album here is not the first album. Right, there's no connectivity to it at all. Until they get to something like, what is it, Between the Buttons, I think. And that's when albums look the same, have the same tracks, Mm -hmm. basically, and all that stuff. But nothing artistic, really. Right. Nothing really going on. Right. So, like those, like their career, again, to, to get back to how their, their albums relate to their career, that early Rolling Stones, the image of, like, you don't want your sisters to be with these guys. <laughs> right. So that, that, was old, a, that was intentional. Yeah. Because they wanted them yeah, to be they the wanted anti- to be the antithesis of the Beatles, right? And that was their manager playing the game. You know, That's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that he, he's talking about things done by the Rolling Stones that are intentional. Because one of our previous guests talked about this. But I'm going to ask you a, a trivial question. Do you guys know who designed the Rolling Stones tongue? Well, we know the last name. Yeah. Pasquay. Pasquay. Okay, so there are two Rolling Stones tongues. Yes. One is the one that's on your shirt. Ta-da. And one is the one that is uh, hand-drawn by the artist himself hanging up in our studio. Uh, so John Pasquay made the one that's on your shirt, and Ernie Sheffaloo made this one, and Ernie is a guest on our show, and we have a documentary series that's very interesting, yeah. and he's done all kinds of album covers, Alice Cooper, Rolling Stones. 250 or more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bee Gees, uh, The and Big it, Bamboo. It's so. interesting what you say, how, how the album covers transformed over a certain period of time, and mm-hmm. Ernie, Ernie and his crew were part of that transformation yeah. and adding that artistry and adding, you know, go, going a little deeper in, into cover design and everything. So it's it, it's really interesting to watch how that transformation occurred over the years. Yeah. yeah. And and it goes, too, with the artists themselves having more control. Yes. Yep. Because up until then, it was all, they were all business-driven. Mm-hmm. You, know, right? mm-hmm. you must do it this way. This is the way to do it. And so, And the Stones, of course, they were built... There's a lot of rebelliousness in, 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 in what they wanted on albums later on and what they didn't want. Mm-hmm. And a uh, little bit that I that I, I was surprised at a few albums that, that, that what they really intended to have and what was not. And, and, they, and they still, they, they kind of like compromised. And that didn't last long, but until they reached a certain peak, because unlike the Beatles, the Stones took a little bit while longer to kind of come to their own. And as they right. came to their own, you could see the changes in album covers. So when we get to things like Between the Buttons, there's little things that if you notice, if somebody takes a look at Charlie's Buttons, there's a set of eyes there. And I, I never really noticed it till the other day. I, I went, oh, wow. And it was something that the visual artist yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Cool. And um, I, I said, wow. never known that in a million. Yeah, when you right. go back, take a look at it, and you'll, you'll go. Hey, everyone goodness. listening will now be going yeah. to their, their albums. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, yeah. I was sitting there, I went, whoa, look at that. <laughs> Seriously, no. Just, just like Ernie. <laughs> just looking at it. Hey, uh, that's cool. That's, so, that's great. Um, I guess where things get funky is when you get to things like Satanic Majesties. Because the same guy who did work on Sgt. Pepper's, for people who aren't familiar with this, 
these are the psychedelic covers of the age, right? Right. The Beatles with their big Sgt. Peppers. And, well, well, the Rolling Stones are still in come of age, so they're following the Beatles right down the Beatle Road to psychedelia. And uh, Michael Cooper is a guy that I know who did the, um, the Beatles Pepper cover. So he worked on the Stones. But the Stones cover is real chintzy. It's cheap looking. The costumes look horrible. I often wondered if they were trying to parry it. I, you know, I was you know? thinking the same thing when you said that. that because... That, that, if, if you look at the original of that cover, they used this effect to make it look blurry. So it looked pretty cool. And it was like, you know when you're a little kid and you used to get these little toys that if you moved, the head moved one way and moved the other way. And that's what this did. When you move, you know, they'd be stoned looking at this thing for hours. Oh, wow, look at that, I didn't know that, you know. But if later on when they, they didn't, you know, they put the album covers out and it was just a flat piece, you look at it, it looks, oh my God, this looks like what like 10-year-old kids put together in the last minute. And um, they had a fight for all kinds of nonsense on that one. But they, 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 I guess they spent outrageous money to have that done. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, the outcome sure. was like, uh, you know. Anyway, that album a lot of people didn't like. But yeah. I did. I liked it quite a bit. There you go. Apparently you liked it because you're in a tribute I looked band. at it for a while. Yeah. 19th Nervous Breakdown. I mean, how many Rolling Stones songs do you guys have, you know, ready to go on stage? Uh, close to 60, I think. Yeah. Wow. I'm always pushing for more. Though. Yeah. yeah, we've tried close to seventy. Yeah. yeah. So we did certain songs we try, and if it's not working, we just yeah. Throw Some it songs to the don't work. It's weird. You know? Yeah. And, and do you pretty much have the same set list every time you you go out no. and about, or do you change it up? No, keep we things change fresh. it up. Sometimes we'll do like requests. We'll shout out, shout out. You know, what do you guys want to hear? And then if. If it's something Still in heaven, up. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened the other well, we'll, we'll have a tip jar and you say, you want Freebird, it's five bills right Ooh. there. What's the <laughs> one? What's the number one requested Rolling Stones song that people yell out to you? I don't know. Um, I always thought it was Angie, to tell you the truth. Angie sometimes, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we try to either do up-tempo songs or slow songs, because the mid-tempo ones are kind of like time to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> You sure. know, but, you know, slow song, people will slow dance, and a fast song, people will fat dance. The medium songs, eh, it kind of, it... I think you know, people, when they ask for songs, they ask for certain certain ones that... Yeah, like 2,000 like Light Years ones, From Home yeah. is one that That was the one they asked us to do the other night. We do a pretty good version of that one, which yeah. is... Um, one thing about our tribute band, I got to say, is compared to the other Rolling Stones bands, is we do a lot of the songs... Um, that those other bands don't do. Yeah, we do like Far Away Eyes, mm -hmm. the country song, and uh, well, a few other ones that mm -hmm. um, the other bands don't even attempt, actually. That's so right. 2000 They're Light Years is a, a good example. Yeah. Oh, well, wait a minute. we do She's a Rainbow. We do, um, we do um, Dandelion, which is all from that era. It's psychedelic yeah. era. Um, it's well-received. Uh, we do a couple of things where we go from one song to the next, blend into them. Um, a couple medleys, yeah. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm always amazed that people like, like go kind of yaha still for like sympathy or give me shelter. It's you know you always hear that whoa, oh, yeah. you know when yeah. it starts or something. You know, it's the like, crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's just yeah. still right. Know, so. Yeah, people still love you know like brown sugar and oh yeah, yeah. Even though Jumper Jack Flash, you know the standard. Yeah. But they like to hear some of the odd stuff. And Absolutely. We, we try to throw in things that the other bands... Loving are, Cup. Loving Cup, one. which is cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
And yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, well, what we try to do, too, is, is, you know, the Stones, when you hear the Stones most of the time, you just hear what you think is what I call just the basic guitar, drums, and what. But there's a lot of piano and horns and stuff, and we try to add all that in yeah. with just six guys. And, and yeah. it's easy, and it's hard, but it, and it's fun. And I think that's what wows people, because when they go there, they, they know they're going to hear, you know, satisfaction. But what they don't know is they're going to hear Harlem Shuffle, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one, you know, you know, we try to do those bits. That's pretty cool. Um, so you're lead singer. Yes. Guitar player. And then you are keyboards, harmonica, background vocals. That's about it. That's about it? Yeah. Nothing else? <laughs> a little bit of everything. That's it? So can I act like one of the fans now and, sure, and yell sure. out a request or something? I mean, uh, can I yell out, like, waiting on a friend? No. <laughs> no, you can't. No? Mark, throw, throw them out a request. I, I, you know, they're the musicians. They're, they're the entertainers. I leave it up to them. Okay, maybe we can have these guys uh, play a little something for us. Yeah, we'll like Louie, Louie for us. So while they're setting up, we want to remind you again, you are listening to Musicians and Beyond with Lawhorn and Sarabian. And sometimes Sarabian and Lawhorn. Oh. <laughs> We'd also like to say that uh, we were just uh, nominated for the number one tribute act in Rhode Island by Motif Magazine. Excellent. So you could uh, check that out. I think the voting's still open, right? We're going against... Uh, Bunch of other bands, Black Sabbath, cool. and uh, yeah, uh, a bunch of other ones. Are, are they doing an online poll? Yes, yeah. they are. Well, then yes. we will be jumping on there and encouraging our audience to jump yes, on there and be, vote for. Great, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll share that on our social media and make sure that that's out there. Which is funny because I always make the joke that you know I I make an announcement we were just in, uh, nominated for number one tribute act in Southern New England, and everybody cheers and then I say. By Mrs. Felcher's third grade elementary class. <laughs> and I've been saying it every show for the last three years. You get a laugh. And, and yeah, Sal comes in with, yeah, those eight-year-olds are tough to, yeah, tough you know. to please. <laughs> but it's, uh, and it's kind of funny, we were actually nominated now, so it takes my, my stick away. I know. Yeah. You know that's <laughs> when <laughs> fiction becomes truth. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so we're going to do a... Um, one of their country songs, uh, people that follow the Stones know that they've done uh, quite a bit of different genres from disco to blues to pop and to country. And uh, this is one of the ones, it's one of their most favorite songs to play on tour. I think I read they've done it like 90% of the time throughout the years. So which one are we doing? <laughs> uh, Sweet Virginia. Oh, okay. okay. Ready? Help me through. Tra- 
top wave out in your eyeballs uh -huh. got those red got those green thank you for your wine California thank you for your sweet here I got my toenail in the desert uh -huh. Then I hit the speed inside my shoe Come on, come on, come on down Fantastic. That was 19th Nervous Breakdown here in the studios of Musicians and Beyond. Sal and Eddie sitting across from us again from the 19th Nervous Breakdown band. They just did a cover of the Rolling Stones. What an amazing treat that was. Thank you. I hope it sounded well done. Good, yeah. It sounded fantastic. I've, I've tried to get, you know, we talk about how many songs we do. Uh, of course, they always kick me away. Maybe it's because I play keyboards and I get bored easier, but I don't know. But I'm always saying, hey, let's get let's get a, an acoustic or a, a blues set together like that. Where we're just out there playing acoustic, you know, and not the whole band going crazy. That would, not, be, that would cool. be nice, like in the summer somewhere, or even a small folk-type club. Absolutely. But I'd love to do a set of just that kind strip of... Strip it down. Strip. Right. Just like Strip, the album Unplugged, Strip. Which, yeah. Which is a great album, too. I'd love that. That would yeah. be a great show. Yeah, it would. Well, we'll see. I've got to twist the two owners' <laughs> arms to get anything done. So that's interesting. Yeah. Eddie, Thank you. one of the original members started the band? Yes. 
And actually, Sal was the first guy we uh, auditioned. Yeah, I was. And, uh, I was whipped quite a lot. You know. Yeah. Well, you found yourself an introvert, right? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he does all the talking. It's all the, that's, that's fine with me, though. That's all right. You know. And He's who was telling me to I, shut I up? I on stage. Who was the second co-founder? Uh, Jason Carpentier, the bass player. Okay. Like I said, we, me, and him have been playing together yeah, for the last thirteen years. So. We got tired of the whole classic rock scene because there's like 4,022 bands <laughs> just in Woburn, you know, <laughs> that do classic rock, you know, yeah. and it's, it's it's hard to differentiate each band, you know, and build a following. Yeah. The well, Transmission was a good good cover band, though. I we know were, when I, we when were, I met these guys and I went to see them and, and I was like, wow, they're really good. They're a four-piece band. They they. they they were great. I thought they were great, you know. And, and normally, if I don't like a band, I don't like a band. <laughs> you know, we had a good song selection, you know. It was a good. lot of uh, these classic rock bands play, you know, like the third song from a Hendrix album that 90% of the people in the audience don't know. We we always would do Purple Haze, <laughs> you know, but we wouldn't do the third song. But all of our songs were like that. They were all radio-friendly, so mm -hmm. everybody knew them. Yeah, but that so. sort of mixture of the way they did things um, has made our band sound good. Yeah. Because I, I, when we're playing somewhere, it's like sometimes when you're playing, you, you, you go, oh, you know, I don't think we sound that good today, you know? And then you'll hear some, oh, that's great! And I don't mean they're, like, intoxicated at this point, but people, like, really, you, 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 and you don't realize how you sound out there sometimes, yeah. you know? Because the videos... These, the videos can be good, they can be bad, and, and, and sometimes, you know, when you're recording something like this, you know, compared to the way it should be. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so you have to kind of give and take. But yeah, I think I, what they funny did as a video in, though, is it, I've never been videotaped so much in my life in the last <laughs> five years. Because every show, they, these people come right up to your face, and oh, they yeah. stick your phone in your yeah. face. Well, they come I'm up always face. like, hey, can you put a filter on that? Give me some bunny ears or a rabbit's nose or something. Let's make this, you know, worth our while here, you know. But it's, sometimes it can be awkward because, they, I mean, they literally come right up and they oh, stick yeah. their phone right oh, in yeah. your face, you know. And it's funny because everybody wants their picture taken with you yeah. with yeah. a shiny jacket. And so they can pose, Liberace you know. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And borrow it from... He Never gave it to me once for a while because he had lost some weight. He wasn't well. And so I wore it. And I told him, I look like an Italian pimp in this. <laughs> he looks great. I'm disappointed they didn't bring the jacket today, Mark. No. Oh, I was thinking, actually, it's in the car. But. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, that's all right. Forget it. Thank God you didn't ask to see the underwear either. No, no, no. I'll always say, oh, Barry Manilow just left me a a message he wants his jacket back. <laughs> <laughs> so he, and so that's the other thing they bring to the to the show is he and Jay would hey anyone just great with the crowd. I I could not be that way with a crowd. I'm talking here fine with you, but I get in front of a crowd it's like they look at me like I'm ready to murder them or something. You know? I mean I am not I'm friendly but I'm not You're not gonna be a, you're not gonna be a beetle. I'm not a beetle. <laughs> well I grew up in a uh, a very uh, comedic family. My brother <laughs> Has been a stand-up for the last forty-five years. Oh, Mike Donovan. I don't know if you. I, I have seen him. Yep. Oh, you've yeah. seen him. Yeah. yeah, he's been doing it since seventy-eight. So, some of my timing of my joke, it's all from good. from him, from seeing him a thousand times. So. He good. just did a yeah, podcast with Bill Burr, actually. 
So what is your, you know, we'll ask them a question. What is your favorite songs of the Rolling Stones? Or? <sighs> Jeez, there's so many good ones. I mean, I really like Waiting on a Friend. Yeah, yeah a lot of people that's, do like That's that one. one of my favorites. And the video that goes along with it is really... I was just watching seeing that video. Well, saw it, that video. It's really cool, and it, yeah. it tells a good story, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of like 19th Nervous Breakdown. Yeah, that's it's, good, too. I like the 60s stuff probably better. Than yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, too. When I, when I, I had, like, kind of left the Stones for a while, because I think, to me, when they got away from the bluesy and they got into all this other junk, which is actually quite good, very good, in fact, better, I guess I was too goody-goody. You know, and I, I was a Beatle boy, you know. And then I really got into progressive rock. So. And when I met my wife, she was a Stones, like Stones, freak, like wicked. And she yeah. puts Exile on Main Street down. I'm going, what the hell is that? <laughs> I tell you one thing. I, I, you know, I was like, this is why I don't like them. See, yeah, th- this is interesting because I love the fact that I think people just assume that tribute bands are going to love every song of the band that they're covering, right? And, right. and that you, you you know everything. That's why you went down that road. Mm-hmm. But I, I love to hear this, that you're yeah. not... Well, I, yeah, I, I, it's I, funny, I, too, because people come up to us and they say, you know, the fourth song on the third album, you know, that this guy played on it? And we're, like, looking at him like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, you know? But i got to say, I, if it wasn't for the Stones, I probably wouldn't played guitar because they were such a guitar riff orientated band that when I first started playing and I could figure out some of their riffs and go, that's why people hey I can do this. That's why people I think bands, guys in bands like them, at least when I was young playing in a band, that the guitar players could they were easier to do than Beatles songs. Easier to sing than Beatles songs. And strangely enough, Stone's music was closer to blues music than we didn't even know it then. You know, what's also <laughs> funny about playing these shows is we get, the, the, the crowds that come out, they're, they're such diehard fans. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's always, like, one every other show, there's some guy who's up in front of us doing his whole Mick Jagger speak. He's got the, you know, hands out, and he's doing the point there. He, <laughs> it's funny. It's like we always should have, like, a... a a little contest <laughs> to see who could like, mimic him the best. But it, it, the old time it's comical. Like, oh, you know? I like ourselves are there to see it, and, and it's cool because they'll come up and they'll go, they'll ask, do you play this? You know, it's almost like it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys play this? Yeah, we play it. Oh, okay. And what's really cool is when we get young people, like I'm about like a 19-year-old saying, hey, do you guys do, uh, what did he want? He wanted Dead Flowers. This one kid wanted Dead Flowers like it was the last song in the world or something, right? Yeah, we do it. We do it. I think we had already done it, and uh, which I guess I don't know why we don't repeat a song if someone really we wants. Do sometimes, it. but sometimes we and we did for this guy. So, yeah, so I'm always good. amazed at what, what what's coming at you. you know? yeah. One woman asked, and I knew the song. I know the guys didn't know it, and I love the song. And I've always wanted to blur it in. Was Winter, which is from uh, what is that? Goat's Head Soup. Yeah, and Moonlight Mile, which. You know, these are not songs that always might go over well. That's the trouble with them. Right. You know, but they're great songs. Yeah, it's like eight minutes, too. We could play play three other songs. Yeah, Yeah, it's a long song. That's another thing with the Stones. We could do, and I've mentioned this, we could just do a set of the Stones doing covers because they did a whole bunch of covers all up and down the street. So uh, so we could do that. I think I read the other day they've recorded 480-something songs, which is incredible. And, and what I'm saying a lot right now, because in one of the, one of the um, there's a Facebook group called Shadoobie, you know, from Shadid, Shadoobie, Shadid, right? And um, 
They show like throwing up cuts of songs that they've never heard of the Stones. You know, these are outtakes. You remember how like years ago when the Beatles did their outtake songs? Yeah. So these are like songs, even the titles, who knows them? Right. And they were never on albums. They were just kind of made. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's popping up. So if you look for Shadubi and ask to join, you'll get all there. Will do. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, Mark, how do we find all the information about 19th Nervous Breakdown? Go right to their Facebook page, search 19th Nervous Breakdown Band. They pop up right away, and they have links to everything. Uh, the YouTube, everything is there, um, and, and they have their shows on there. So Excellent. Yeah. And you guys, like you mentioned before, were nominated for a couple of awards. And yeah, the best tribute act in Rhode Island by Motif Magazine. Motif. Excellent. So we gave so them we'll a... See. Whether we win or we lose, we're going to keep going. We don't care. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not about the stuff you can put on the mantle. No, I mean, it's nice to say that, but uh, I don't know. I think music scene is very clicky. That's why you have to take certain things like that with a grain. Yeah, so unless they pay for it. Right, right. You know, the club owner's like. In this day know? and age, it's all become about that. You know, it's all yeah. social media driven, and, and, and yeah. that's how Motif Magazine's doing their thing sure. and, and getting themselves yeah. out there. So uh, it, it's just the way, the way it's, it's changed. Yeah. It and I'm not knocking it. It's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 So I think even when, when we was discussing your young 18-year-old, uh, you know, any, anything anybody can throw, you take it. Because yeah. it's like... Nothing's free in this you, world. So that's one of the questions we'd like to ask our guests. If you were looking at, at, at someone 18 or someone coming into the music industry, over your years, what have you learned that you'd tell them right away, This, pay attention to this or do this? I just get out there. Um, my son is doing, like, the original thing. He's very talented, actually. He just got back from uh, Pennsylvania recording an album. And uh, my advice to him is get out get out on the road and get his songs heard. I mean, just, you know, em embrace it yeah. and don't give up. It's just, it's such a, a marathon, especially trying to do your own stuff, you know. But he's doing pretty well. He has a band called Wednesdays. Wednesdays? Yep, W-H-E-N-Z-D-A-Z-E. Excellent, uh, Wednesdays. So, uh. I'd like to think I was a big influence in him. I, I used to be a songwriter back in the day. Um, I did it for a long time and then moved on to covers, but um, he actually surprised me last year for my birthday. He recorded five of my originals, and he kind of, his, his genre is kind of like Green Day, Blink-182, mm -hmm. Bowling for Soup type music, so he took them, and a couple of mine were pop and country, and he... He uh, punked them out, and I was shocked beyond shock. That's a hell of a tribute. That's it a great, is. what a yeah, gift. It is, too. It yeah, what a gift it. that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and I tell you, I go to his shows, and he packs the place, and they play my songs, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trying not to cry, you know? <laughs> and, and I see, you know, a, a room full of 22-year-olds bouncing up and down. Enjoying your music. And enjoying it, and I have to go up to, like, some chick and go, hey, I wrote this. This is my song. You know? That's mine. They're, like, they're like, what? I go, no, seriously, I wrote this. Back in 98, I wrote this. They weren't born in 98. But it's awesome. I tell you, I get goosebumps. And I, 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 I can't, you know, it doesn't get old. And, you know, he gives me a shout out when he's up on stage. And talk about unselfish. He's got, you know, plenty of his own material to do. Mm -hmm. And he's up there giving me that honor. That's uh, really uh, cool. Yeah, it is. And then I shout out Play Freebird. 
<laughs> because that's my way of saying. I go, when you hear that, just knowing I'm saying hello to you. So I wait until there's a perfectly right and I scream, play Freebird! That's awesome. Yeah, and then I was, the whole band starts laughing. They go, oh, that's my dad! <laughs> you know? And Eddie invites them occasionally up. He comes play and with plays us. with us. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Come up yeah. and play a couple of songs. Yeah. That's so, great. So that's it is fun. great. Yeah. yeah. What a great bond. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's been playing since he was 10. And uh, I, I kind of taught him how to song right. And, and uh, yeah, we wrote a, song, a couple songs together when he was like 12. There's oh, a couple um, of videos that Eddie has with him as a child, you know. His yeah. Son. yeah. And they're up there. They're, it's amazing to see. Yeah, father. People love the father. Oh, it's son. great. Absolutely. It's, great. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a cool little bonding thing. And yeah. It is. It really is. I taught him everything I knew. I turned him onto the Beatles and the Stones early. That's a gift in itself. It is. Yeah. And, you know, and he's, mm. he, he loves it. So. Yeah. So you're giving that gift to your child. Yep. Did you have a family? Did you grow up in a no, musical family? No. What's the Beatles, actually? Uh, as the story goes, my first words weren't the words. They were lyrics. They, I, my first words were, yeah, 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 <laughs> from She Loves You. My sister used to play the song so much that, that before I would say mama or dad, I'd go around, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe I was destined to be a lyricist, but I, I don't know. It's interesting when you talk about music or something, how often, how many people say the Beatles were their influence? It's like a golfer saying Tiger Woods, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, well, the uh, Ed Sullivan show, if you, t you know, it's like Springsteen and Tom Petty and, and so many of them yeah. said, uh, you know, they saw that on TV and said, man, that's what I wanted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just read Paul McCartney said that. He said so many people come up to him, yeah. famous yeah. people he's toured with. And said, you know, if it wasn't for Ed Sullivan, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Well, listen, uh, we are a music podcast. We love music. How about another song? Well, what do you want to do? Should we do? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about a Rolling Stones song? Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How about Dead Flowers? Yeah. Oh. Now, I've never played harmonica in this song because I don't. We don't. There's no harmonica in it. But I always wanted him to learn like a Rolling Stone, and I didn't bring enough harmonica. When we play outdoor festivals, I change uh, "Needle in a Spoon" to "Ice Cream in Some Spoon." Because <laughs> this is something about uh, you know well, singing "Needle in a Spoon" when there's eight-year-olds running out. In yeah, front we of can't you. do that. In front of and then I'll ask them, I'll say, uh, do you know who Keith Richards are? And they get, they shake their heads no. I go, don't worry, he'll be alive when you have grandchildren. Take me down 
Breakdown, the ultimate Northeast Rolling Stones cover band with Dead Flowers. That was Thank great, guys. Much. Oh, I think I had a sour, a sour, sour on that one. 
No, it sounded great, man. The uh, Monica really sound, had a great spot. I tried to make it sound like Dylan more on that one because I didn't. I, we've never played it with a harmonica. Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounded great. great. Job. Sounded fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic, and and we appreciate you guys coming in, telling us your uh, stories, and uh, you know. We're both on uh, on leave from parole. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what that thing was around your ankle. Yeah, <laughs> that's my wife's yeah, forget me now. Oh, okay. Guys, <laughs> yeah, we have, we no, have we're kind of, kind of lucky at that. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, again, we want to thank you guys uh, and, and tell our listeners to check out Nineteenth Nervous Breakdown. They really are the ultimate Rolling Stones cover very band. Much. And um, incredibly talented. It was a lot of fun having you guys in here yeah, today. We yeah, really blessed. enjoyed it. Next time I'll bring my tap shoes and <laughs> in the sparkly jacket. Yeah, that's right. yeah it's uh, in the car. Putting on the Ritz. You know, kind of I love it. Yeah, we we like to think that everyone that comes through those doors leaves as a new friend. Yeah. Jason Carpenter, who does all our business yeah. work, bass player. He, I mean, without him, the business doesn't run, it seems. Looking forward to getting to a show, because I'm really excited to watch yeah, you guys cool, yeah. live. And yeah. the other band, the, the Credence Band, if we can give them a quick plug, we're all the way down in uh, Groton, Connecticut. Connecticut. Groton, Connecticut, okay. A place yeah. called The Barn, which yeah. 19th is played and yeah. well-received, so we hope the other one yeah, will be That band's out. taken off, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fun it's in its own way we'll make sure we plug them on our socials and uh yeah, and yeah. and f- check them out yeah get out there and check out 19th nervous breakdown we want to thank you guys again yeah and uh, listen I, i'm looking forward to seeing the show okay, live great. well we want to thank you guys again for coming in and thank you so much for being Thanks, our friends yeah. all right thank you for thank having you guys us. Bye-bye.